Hey guys, I'm Leon Turkin, principal broker from Turkin Mortgage. Um, this is our first podcast we're shooting, so everybody's super excited. Got uh, two of my best friends sitting here with me, Shamil from Denova Group. Uh, he helps out with SEO and marketing. We got uh, my man Dima here, Dimitri. Uh, he's with Aldo Windows and Doors, and um, we're just here to, I guess, shoot the shit, talk about, uh, I don't know, whatever the fuck we want to talk about, and... Um, you know, let's let's get it going. How's it going, guys? Good. 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 Glad to see you. Glad to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, so I guess I wanted to talk about you know our businesses and how how we interact in our businesses and how we deal with like day to day stuff, particularly like um, you know clients, how we retain business, how we obtain business. How we compete in the industry and stuff like that, even against each other, against different uh, different people in the industry that are in the same space. Um, so I guess without further ado, let's start. You know, I guess talking about it. Um, first question uh, that I would have is, how do we like? How do you guys source your clients? So like, Shamil, I know you um, you've got a particular set of clients that that you work with on a consistent basis. How did you source them and how do you continue to source new clients? You know, when I got into the industry, it was uh, a room smaller than this and uh, no windows and a yellow pages and a phone. And I used to cold call like crazy. And I remember my first phone call, my voice was jittery and, you know, with, with, with practice, you kind of uh, get into it. And like I'm at a point, I was at a point where we'd like... I'd have clients, ongoing clients, and I would still call to kind of, you know, keep the pipeline going. Yeah. Um, nowadays, I mean, it's it's changing in a lot of the uh, industry. You know, there there are people doing a lot more social. They're trying to, you know, do events with COVID and stuff. They do live events. You know, associations. To be frank with you, if I was to start all over again and do it again, I would probably still pick the phone. Because it's very direct, very to the point, and if you can offer value proposition on the phone, right? Like think about it, social media, you're just showing off what you're doing, offering your services, and you don't want to become one of those people that's like super annoying, that yeah. like you know, call me, call me, call me type of thing. But if you call somebody and you get to the decision maker, you know, it's still like you're like, listen, this is what I do. I do this for this competitor of yours and this competitor of yours. You know, give me give give me 20 minutes of your time. The coffee's on me. I'm coming in this day. I'll work around your schedule. You will not regret it, you know. And believe it or not, most people underappreciate how much that actually works. So, like now, you know, we do SEO. I do PPC. Like I run marketing campaigns. I try to put out content. But if I had to do it all over again, I definitely revert to the basics. Yeah. So I, I know a lot about your industry is like relationship based, right? So you uh, and I I know you personally for I don't know how many years, like 10 years, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> probably and um so i know you're really good at like establishing relationships and keeping rapport with your clients like in a, on an ongoing basis and that really works for you that's essentially how it worked for me and you that's how we got into business together we met in the boxing gym like punching each other's face <laughs> and like and we're like hey you know what let's let's uh work instead of you know try to knock each other's brains out true that so and and it's kind of the same in, in my business as well right like we establish relationships with different like referral sources realtors financial advisors just random individuals right that we do a good job for like my team you know your team and we establish those relationships and it's it's easier to kind of feed off of that 
uh, ecosystem and, and that relate and, and that relationship because you continuously proving yourself mm-hmm. um, and keep doing a good job so they keep on trusting you and giving you more business and referring you people so Dima for you like you you're in such a different industry where like you're selling a product right which is like windows doors uh, like rentals for the house exterior stuff and like how do you go about it because I know your tactic is way different than me and Shams you probably can't like you're not going to go sell somebody you know doors and windows and then continue talking to them for for years to come yeah so why differentiate is you guys are in actually in a, a business to business service as where well to serve the consumer so you do seo to businesses yeah you do mortgage for consumers so you're more on my side but it's slightly different because you're in financial financial is completely different than a service so providing a service is, is based all on our service so if we do a good service, we will get more referrals, more jobs. It's leaving a customer with a good taste in their mouth about us. So we do do paper, paper click. We do Facebook generation. We do advertising online. We do all kinds of sources. At the end of the day, the goal for us is to actually just reach the referral base because that's the biggest, cheapest, absolute best avenue for us to go. For so marketing. Always, for marketing, yeah. yeah. We're always trying to acquire clients through our bases. The only way to acquire is through customer service so our customer service has to be on par in the industry just so we can get more referrals and more work because that's the goal is networking is a bigger aspect than digital because digital marketing is great as you know you You can come in at any time but you also do a lot of filtering there's a big funnel that you got to filter out to get potential leads potential clients and not waste time on what's there somebody just sitting on facebook and scrolling through and be like hmm wonder how much a door costs and then you have to go to that person's house or call them and it's a lot of time and energy wasted potentially yeah. for for nothing. So you're literally trying to get in the door, no pun intended. <laughs> literally in the door. That's what, that's what we're trying to do. You're trying to get in the door and then you sell them based on um, like your, your expertise, your skill. But I know you don't sell on price as well because you told me like so many stories how you would come to to people's homes and you you literally spend like an hour two hours there with them explaining to them about the product and it, more than that explaining to them about the service and like people fall in love with you like you the individual Dima right that's like and again me and you know each other for for quite some time and you're extremely entertaining right you're good looking <laughs> um, <Hey. laughs> objectively objectively speaking and you you have a way like you've got charisma so you have a way to to interact with people and they almost end up buying you instead of buying the product right and like <laughs> so establishing trust is a major factor of selling right um you might know product just as well as the competitor might know the product but how you come across how your business come across is very important to the customer as well so they know if you they send you a concern email at nine PM that you will enter an email. They have a serious concern. You know that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Nine is the cutoff, but uh, it's very important. I feel like a lot of people don't do these little things, right? Like especially in your business. Like sometimes, like you know, like I I work with businesses and I do their marketing, but I talk to business owners and they tell me all the time. It's like sometimes we're the third company they called, but we're the only one that picked up the phone. Yeah. So legit to have somebody pick up the phone and provide and here's another kicker i had a lawyer like i do marketing for a lot of lawyers 
the principal lawyer, they're very boutique business acquisition, you know, mergers firm, um, principal broker or lawyer would take the phone. And I'm like, doesn't it, isn't it a waste of time? He's like, it is in a way, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, I could catch the big fish, and I. That, and that's a decision maker, and mind he's the you, worst. if he had a ton of if he had a ton of clients, and he got you know, but what I'm saying is, is that like a call center receptionist, they need to provide value on the phone. If you just take like a note taker, sometimes it's enough, right? Like book you in right away. Like let's say window cleaning, appliance repair. Yeah. If you're doing something major, like you know, fucking windows these days cost an arm and a leg. Right. right. You want to make sure that the person picks up the phone, impresses you right away. Fine. You know, because half the time, like, they'll call you back and, you know, they're so busy, they, they get their, their nose up too high and they're just like, oh, I was busy, you called me three hours ago. It's like, yeah, yeah I found somebody already, you know? Yeah, not only that, but even in COVID, changed the dynamic a bit because I went to some clients' houses and they would say, out of, like, five companies we called, you're the only person that should come to our house to spend time with us to measure. Everybody else told me, send me a picture of your door, send me what you're kind of looking for, and I'll send you a price. Wow. So wow. it's good for us. It's good for us as a big service, but... uh it, everything is always changing. Real estate is changing now. People are refinancing. Nobody wants to move. They have money. They want to reinvest their house because moving is so yeah. expensive now. People just make money, sell their house, yeah. make money, move somewhere else further. Exactly. But with the market currently being, you know more about that, that it's so expensive to just move now. So you can sell your house now, one up crazy value. You could sell cash out, but where are you going next? So people understand that now. So they're taking their, they're refinancing and putting the money back into their house instead of moving. So I think people are staying more into their houses now and investing more than they would just pick up and move somewhere else. I mean, yeah, great points. And, and I'm glad kind of you mentioned COVID because even for Shamil's business, like I remember you and I, COVID hit. First thing we did is uh, we booked a trip to Curacao. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, I mean, wife loved that. Yeah. fuck yeah. it, why not? Like yeah. we wanted to escape this stuff. But uh, even when COVID hit, you know, things were a little bit strange for you because, you know, are people marketing their business online? What's going on with businesses? Things like that. And then I think as COVID was going on, less and less people started, you know, reaching out and, like you said, renovating their homes and um, and even like pumping money into their businesses to like expand it further. And instead, they just got on this wave of like flipping homes. It was just so easy to make money, right? So they would like jump in, jump out, jump in, jump out, make a hundred grand here, make a hundred grand there. Their businesses were shut down. And they just, uh, they started making money in the real estate market, which was like, it was an insane time. And I, we found that like a lot of lawyers, you're going to laugh. So divorce and family lawyers, business went up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Not in, you know, a personal injury and immigration went down. Yeah. Right. Because nobody's coming nobody's into the country. Coming. Nobody's driving on the roads. Exactly. Now, uh, real estate lawyers, because of all the flipping and inactivity, they were laughing. Yeah. And I had people who would call me who do like rentals because we, we, we do have like some home improvement clients and, you know, the lawyers kind of stayed the same for, for a period of time. But like we would get like calls from people who are like, oh, well, we're opening a second location. Like pe- people that are doing like rentals from roofing, brick repair, like you, you name it, you know, like yeah. interior, exterior mm-hmm. rentals. Because what, what Dima said, you know, people were reinvesting. They couldn't move. Right, so they either flipped homes, uh, you know, and the ones that, that couldn't flip homes and they could work remote, 
right? Like they started finishing their basements, you know, like yeah. uh, I have a basement. Or they would take time off like because out of the country, out home, of the city. Right? So they also realize like you're sitting in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. And and you're like, before when you went to work, you look in this kitchen, they're like, oh, kitchen door has to go down. You go to work, you come back, you do this, you do that, kids, karate, this, 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 the door's on the back burner. When you're sitting in the kitchen and working and you're, you're staring right. at this door, you're like, <laughs> Store needs to get done. It's so ugly. You're already home, so you're like, let's find a new door. That's true. That's and true. so it's a lot of that going on too. Divorces were busy for sure. I was in the house for three weeks with my wife. Both of us together in the house for three weeks. It was good for the first four days, and then it gets tough. You're not you're not meant to be in the house yeah. with your wife and kids. I love them all. It's a fun break, but it's a lot. Twenty four hours. I feel like I feel like in the beginning everybody had this pause, like it was like a dead stop. I think even you even you felt it for maybe like a first month or so. You know, it was kind of like people were they didn't know what to expect, and then it slowly started like as the restrictions. With, well, I'll, I'll tell you about me, but like, but essentially, fuck it, on on camera, off camera, but like with us, like we're in such an industry, like w- the commodity is money. Correct. And money is oxygen. Everybody needs it all the damn time. And their biggest asset, like 70% of Canadians are homeowners. Yeah. They all have, you know, they all have that home as their asset. So uh, that's kind of like their bank machine, right? It's kind of like their stock it's portfolio. Their it's, it's their life. It's their life. Exactly. They can't They use go it without to it. live in it. They use it to, to raise family in it. And they also use it to like, to withdraw cash from it, right? And, and so many people, we were talking earlier, like, with with the economy and stuff like that, it's it's not easy to make it in in Ontario. It's not easy to make it in BC. Like the cost of living is stupid expensive. Um, so is so most f- of your business coming from uh, refinancing or for new purchases? You know what? In it, the it, current market, it, it's a mix. The current market right now, there's a massive shift. So right now, if anything, like things are kind of in this in between where everybody's like, okay, taking let's a take breather, a step back. Let's breather. take a breather from everything that happened. Canada's opening up again restaurants the weather's picking up so people miss living life people miss like being in communication with each other and like seeing each other and high-fiving and you know ass slapping and like having drinks on the patio that's life and that's enjoyable so with the economy kind of like you know stagnating and prices escalating everybody's like you know what let's relax from the housing market enjoy the summer let's enjoy life a little bit yeah um and then you know i think the next phase is going to be People are realizing how expensive everything is and life still has to go on. Like you said, they have to renovate. People do have to move. They, they have to continuously like, keep growing and progressing. So they're going to jump into the market either probably with refinances. So which brings me kind of to my next point, which is um, like we talk about like these different times, the change, mm-hmm. right? like COVID, different um, economic fluctuations and things like that. Um, <laughs> and we, we take we take those opportunities as they come, right? We have to change with the times too. Um, but, you know, the clients that we face always kind of remain the same. And like, we deal with so many different clients in the industry. And like, we've got, you know, really picky clients that want to know the nuts and bolts of how everything works. Meanwhile, like I'm the professional, you know, in my mind, sometimes I'm like, <laughs> why don't you just trust me? Like, I'll get you to the promised land. You've heard about me. You've seen my reviews. You've spoken to me. Put your faith in me. You go do whatever you need to do, but trust me to get you to the promised land in the best best way possible, right? We've got like, uh, you know, aggressive clients, appreciative clients, like clients that kind of know it all, clients that don't know anything, and they do kind of put all the trust in me. Um, so just, you know, touching base on that, like, <laughs> you got any like fun stories to share about like what kind of clients, you know, you deal with 
what you see out there and kind of how you deal with them? So clients are all different. You do have the know-it-alls. You have the picky ones, the annoying ones, the cheap ones, the ones that don't care what you do, period. They just need a new door. That's what they need. So it's just tailoring to those specific customers. Kind of like being a chameleon, being able to like read the client off the bat and, and being able to adjust your your attitude and your behavior on the spot? Yeah, so you're not you're not gonna be a chameleon. Like, chameleon is a very loose term. I don't like the term chameleon because chameleon's portraying as uh, like you're sneaky. hustling, you're sneaky, yeah, you're see. hustling, okay, you're trying okay. to like blend in with the customer to be like the customer. Okay. It's not necessarily to that extent, but there is a point of selling where you want to relate to the customer. You're adaptable. You're adaptable to the customer. So if their energy is super high, you want to go in a little bit high energy, not match their energy, but you want to stay within the energy level. Yeah. If they're more conservative and more like cautious, you don't want to go in there like a crazy aggressive interactive because they're going to be like, this guy's too much for us. Our head right. hurts. I have no idea what he's even talking about anymore. Okay. He's way too fast paced for us. Okay. So you want to adapt to the customer, but not necessarily be fake or chameleon, as you say. I got it. So you don't necessarily want to change your colors, um, but you do want to be able to you want to relate to the customer. In relate. You want to relate to them, of course. You Got want it. to see their needs, their requirements, what they want to do and how they want to approach it. But you, it. you want to stay relatable to the customer. Yeah. And like sometimes like you tell me stories. I don't know if we're going to keep this on the podcast or not. But like, <laughs> you know, you, you'd sit with a client for an hour. You would shoot the shit with them, crack jokes. They absolutely love you. You know, they're, they're ready to like adopt you into their family. And you'd leave them and say, you know what, guys, you're not getting a price from me today. I'll send you a price in like a couple of days and that kind of leaves them baffled. Like, how do you do that? So in most cases, when that does happen, it comes with experience. So if I know they're shoppers and they're just shopping strictly price, yeah. I will do my best to get in the door. I'll do my best to stay in the door yeah. and leave on a positive vibe. The only reason I don't usually leave price or a paper or an estimate, I know they're shopping and they have booked six more, eight more guys Up behind me. So what happens is when you leave a paper behind, they're going to just strictly shop with that paper. The, the guy next comes in, like, listen, this guy gave me this price. Of what course. can you do? So that guy comes in. He has an easier job. He goes, well, I'll take 400 to the top and I can make it cheaper. And yeah, and there's and, a deal. There is a deal. So you you kind of got to navigate that yourself with your own experience and how it approaches. So what's your mentality? Like when, when you go in there and you spend an hour of your time, you've now invested an hour of your time, right? And your company's paid for for that lead in, in some, some way Correct. or another. Yeah, yeah. But you knowingly go in there and you're not trying to close the deal right there and then. You're not leaving them with a piece of paper. What's going on in your mind? Like No, so the goal is not to sit there for an hour and figure out what's happening next. The goal is to be there for 10, 15 minutes, gauge the situation, gauge the customer, how are they serious? Are they shopping for next year? Are they shopping for tomorrow? Are they actually in the market for a door or windows or whatever the product is? Once you figure out that window of 10, 15 minutes, yeah. you have a conscious call to make. You can pursue this further, whether you leave a note or you don't leave a note, you try to close them, of course, on the spot, not to waste more time. But at the same time, you gauge it. There's some customers I walk in their house, I'm out in 30 seconds. I know this is going nowhere, they're not serious, they're not shopping, they're just, they were just bored on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. How much is the door? They have no idea. They bought a first house, they're excited to get everything done in their brand new house, but the budget is not there and it's not even on the priority list. We gotta do our kitchen first, we gotta do the backyard, we want a pool, we want that. 
So those they, they doors, just want kind of like an idea kind of, of like what's idea going on, so they you, can maybe plan it for like next year or, or next whatnot. year for whatever. Or just because yeah, yeah. they're curious homeowners, first time home buyers are always curious. Like yeah, this door true. is ugly. How much is it? Can you do four that grand? Or? What do you mean four grand? No, we. Sorry, yeah, I like, saw one for eight hundred bucks at the most. gonna be three hundred dollars. What do you mean four grand? We can't do a four <laughs> you grand do, door. You, you can't prevent them from like requesting an appointment, requesting a visit. Like you have to go to their. Can you do that over the phone, the filtering? Well, that's so, what again, he was saying so we're, earlier. We're trying right? to funnel, right? But digital marketing, you can't. You can only gauge. You can like I have my guys trained to funnel as precisely as we can to project now, project later, but. They probably sometimes the pro- even they provide trick your guys the, the too just the, for the way you they to provide show up. the answers. It's kind of like, could be serious. Sorry if it's not. Off you go. Brampton, 10 p.m. Like you know, what I mean? not 10 p.m. But like 10 in the morning, whatever that number. Yeah. But you so could it, be in like Scoville, Brampton, Mississauga, so Ajax, Pickering yeah, in Hamilton, one day. Yeah. So no, we try to schedule exactly like you're in Mississauga for one that one day. You don't want to drive around. Gas expensive. It's too. Two, two and change now, so yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. you don't want to drive around for fun either. So we try to gauge them. A lot of my sales guys will actually do extra due diligence, extra steps where they would actually call the client the day off and be like, hey, just to gauge I'm coming and their doing... interest and how interested they are because yeah. sales guys are also professionals. They also know customer engagement and how. Anything, anything to kind of minimize anything the Anything to minimize the, your there. cost because sales guys also have the cost of cars, expenses, gas, the so they also kind of don't drive around aimlessly for fun. So it's, it's very hard. So that's why referral base is, is always the best. You try to work with that. Try to get as much as you can. So you got to provide service. Sham, give us, uh, you know, s- some of your clients' stories and like, how do you, how, what, well, what kind of clients you see in, in your industry? Because like Dima said, like you are business to business. So you're dealing with professionals and I know you deal with lawyers. You deal with some lawyers that I know. Um, you know, people in Renos, different different industries, right? Different mentalities and attitudes towards business and towards spending money on marketing. So, like, what kind of clients do you see? Do you see like the know-it-all clients who are like, oh, I know everything about PPC and SEO. Just give me a number and fuck off. Kind all of the thing? time, all the time, and 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 with like time in the in the game, you kind of you try to like. I ask myself, what's our value proposition? Our value proposition is. Besides knowledge Sales and everything pitch. else, <laughs> no, no, I, I just thought to myself, like, what Bye makes now. Me, what, <laughs> what, what makes me different from everybody else, right? Because like sometimes it's just like, what's your package? What do you offer? How many keywords? And it's just like, holy, you can't. I'm sure in your game too, you know, like what kind yeah, of windows so, are you getting? What color? What are the material is? Yeah. And what 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 is the glass rated in? You know what I mean? Is it this type of glass or that type of glass? So. I, I, I tell myself that you know uh, our our customer service a and b the idea of of like a headache free experience. If you're a business owner and you're running around, you don't want to babysit your marketing team, nor do you want to get you know you know email and be like, hey, can you give me a report? You know you want to make sure that while you're running around and doing your business that that things are happening right that and uh, we kind of um, we do send monthly reports. They're very detailed, right? And here comes like, do you prefer clients that do call call you and then you know inquire and and you know require a bit more attention than, than uh, or do you want the clients that are kind of hands off? And I would argue to you, especially in the beginning when you're growing, you know, the relationship with a client, you uh, I would prefer somebody who's more inquisitive because for every question and concern, I'll have an answer 
You know what I mean? And and then it's just energy levels, right? If for three months, Correct. you know, you're working with them tight and they're like, okay, you know, they know what they're doing. So I, I, we notice it that after three, four months, the attention that the client has on the marketing is, is uh, you know, is not as intense. And and the reason for it is hopefully at that point, depending obviously on, on each individual case, but, you know, their phone is ringing, they're getting forms, they know you're doing work, you, they know how you operate, they know which person is responsible for what. Right. As far as personalities, man, uh, sometimes you go in and you see a very strong, you know, older person, you know, who's been around the block. They know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. And they have like an authority figure. So experience, alpha male. But almost like, you know, the, the age of your father or your grandfather type of thing. Oh, okay, and you okay. got to and, and like more old school. Yeah. Old school is the word. Old yeah. School, and, yeah. And it could be a woman, too, you know, uh, right, right, very right, right, often. Right. So you get the, those people and you kind of have to uh, all of a sudden you know I, I age myself like i become younger 10 years in my head i'm like yes sir no ma'am you know what i mean yeah. because that's the that's the way that, that's the way they go and that's yeah. what they see in you you're young you're full of energy you know what you're talking about and you treat them with respect in their head it's just i notice it like you know they, they look at you as their as their son sometimes or as their nephew like they have that yeah. relationship with they you. almost want to give you the opportunity like when i see exactly. younger people that that i work with exactly. or that you know that want to come work for me it's kind of my um, almost responsibility to, to give back to the next generation and like teach them something, you know, teach them what I've experienced in this industry, not, not about life, but like about business, about this industry to leave them kind of better than I found them to leave them with some knowledge that they didn't have before. And, and I mean, absolutely. In this particular case, I'm talking about like personality. Types. Right, right, right. Sometimes you get a really strong woman, you know what I mean? Who, who's like, it's the same approach is that uh, you, you want to make sure you don't clash personalities with with that person you want to make sure you still provide value and you do it in such a way where they don't feel you know uh, that like there's like there will be a potential clash and then you could get along with them and work further yeah but there are other clients who have negative experience before and they're so indecisive and they tell you they you know we've worked with another SEO company Correct. we weren't really a fan of it and I, you know, I, I, I believe like you, and this is, I think, why you and I get along long-term value, right? Yeah. I said, listen, I can do everything I can. I'll give you the price point. And if you don't work with me, right, I always tell them, you know, well, the globe is circular. You know, if you need to pick my brain about something, you have another right. offer proposition. I'm like, free of time, give me a call. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, free of charge, I'll, I'll give you kind of uh, my, my two cents. Because maybe tomorrow, you know, you'll end up working with us. And I have, you know, an example of these lawyer guys that, I just couldn't match financially the offer. They needed a new website and they needed major, major work. And my competitor financed. So he locked them into an 18 months contract, you know, but they didn't have to pay for the website where I gave Which a heavy. Which is pretty smart. It, it is, but, you know, it's kind of silly because they need the website in the beginning right away. It's going to be see. done in three months yeah. and they're going to pay for it for the next 18 months. I and you as a business yeah. are going to carry that cost. I gave them the website, frankly, at cost. I said, this is what it's going to cost me. I don't want to make money on it. But if I'm doing your marketing, you know, allow me the opportunity. He really liked my approach. They picked the other company. 18 months later, true story. I'm in the park downstairs of where I currently live, like downtown Toronto. You get a it's phone COVID call. time. <laughs> it's COVID time. I am drinking wine outside <laughs> in the park, and I bump into I bump into this uh, this this client, and he's uh, more or less my age, and uh, and I'm a couple of glasses of wine in, you know. 
this is COVID time. He's in a park <laughs> drinking wine by himself. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 with, I'm with my friend and my wife. And, and, uh, what I'm saying is, is that you couldn't go to a restaurant, you know. Yeah. And, and, uh, you had to think outside the box. To be frank with you, my buddy lived downtown by himself, you know, worked in a condo. So once a week we'd go check out on him, like, you know, and then just kind of hang out. And then I see this uh, particular client and he's like, hey, remember me? <laughs> and, you know, we connected and he, you know, six months down the road, like uh, I end up doing work for him and, and, and his uh, business partners. So wine fixes everything. It, what I'm saying is, is wine definitely helps. Wine helps. <laughs> you leave a good impression. You know, you, you uh, he was laughing because I'm like, I'm like, this is a great time. You know, you, you bumped into me, you know, I'm a couple of glasses in. Like, yeah. I'm like, it's not what you think in this bag, you know? <laughs> yeah. but, but you're a business, a lot of educating as well, right? Because when I first got into the whole digital, like my experience into the whole digital field of social media SEO is a lot of education was required from my end. Because I'm like, if my budget is four grand on pay-per-click, for example, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, they're killing it. If I double my budget, we're going to go to Agar, we're going to double kill it. But it's not but how it works. But that's not how it works, right? So I think you have a lot of also education to do to your customers and see kind of like, what's expected, what's reality to educate them on what's actually realistic. But, but there are different types, right? There's you who just like educate me, right? And then there's others. They're like, I lost you at hello. Make sure, <laughs> make sure my phone rings. Don't call me back. You know, like if I needed something like they don't want to know and they get upset. They're like, I'm paying you money. Don't, you know, leave, leave me alone. Don't, don't waste my time. Don't waste my time. Do your job. And don't like, fuck my brain. Go. I was going to say, yeah, but, yeah, but, but, but see, I, I like those kind of clients that know what they want. Right. And, um, but they're, it takes education to get this, what I'm saying. So it, it, you got to educate potentially. Sometimes. Because some people sometimes. are getting into a new business. They've never done it before. And it's hard to be like, they pay uh, us four grand and we'll get you this, this, and this. Possibly. Like, it's also. It's the same how you do Windows. I feel like if they have a quote from somebody else and they get an impression, you can come in and, and you could find out, like, what do they know? How much do they know? Right. And about the details of the product. Correct. Right. You could kind of feel it and gauge it. What's valuable to them. Is that like they want a brand new website, they don't care because they're happy with their business? Is it the fact that you'll always pick up the phone when they call, right? Or is it, you know, you could do a bit sharper on the price? It comes back to value, basically. Value for the customer. So you could see where the value is and you can offer that value. I'm of the opinion, like, and I, and I, we, we don't do contracts anymore because before, like, every single marketing agency talked about, well, you got to stay with us. 60% of my business are lawyers. If they want to... You know, yeah. leave me. They're gonna leave me. <laughs> They'll you know, find a way. They'll around. find a way. So I, I want to make sure that, you know, when they are having a glass of vino on a Saturday, in the back of their mind, you know, they think of me and they're like, yeah, they're working because throughout the month, you know, as as throughout the week, as as the time goes on, they see things happen. They can see the results. The results is like phone calls is one thing, you know, because sometimes they don't even see them directly because there's like a million of receptionists, you know, people who pick up the phone, but they could see that things are happening on the site. You know, they're getting, uh, you know, the, our yeah. reach out for review strategy yeah. is working. That, they, they, you know, things are improving. So they, they, they know what they're paying for as opposed to like, what's that bill for, you know? <laughs> so. No, totally. Um, I, I think we're all kind of on the same page here, which is providing value. Like, you know, your business, Dima, with the windows and doors, it, it's it's a numbers game. Shamil, like, you know, it's a cost for, for clients on a monthly basis. For me, it's all about rates. But that's really surface level stuff right and when we have people that call in and say okay what's the rate give me the rate and i'll decide right here right now if i want to go with you like <laughs> obtaining a mortgage is literally bro like the way i he's the way telling I me i've it, done five with him <laughs> <laughs> the way, no hair you know <laughs> a lot of great uh, gray hair on the beard yeah, yeah. um <laughs> 
But the way I explain it to people is like, I'm the quarterback, right? And there, and there's like, I don't even know football, so then, well, you're gonna correct me if I'm wrong. But like, I'm the quarterback. I got the ball, and like, I've got 20 guys on the field, and I'm calling the play, and I'm calling the shots, and I'm tossing the ball, and we're going for the end zone. But like, between that, between the end zone and and me tossing the ball to somebody, there's all of these things involved, right? Like, there's lawyers involved, realtors, inspections, uh, appraisals, the banks, the approvals the raids, the buy downs, and, and the list just goes on and on and on. And like, there's so much going on with every transaction that when a client calls in and says, give me the rate and you know, I'll decide if I go, go with you or not. It's like, do you, uh, I can give you a rate, but that's, that's not going to give you anything. Those are numbers that mean nothing to you. And like, based on that number, you're going to decide if we're the right company or if we're the right professionals for you to work with. If that's how you want to approach it, you know, I'll do my best to explain to you. But you got to qualify for rates too, right? So it's not as simple as what's your best rate. You might not qualify for that good rate. Well. Say, there's there's you, over like with 50 client? lenders. There, there's over 50 lenders out in the market. There's model line lenders. There's banks. There's credit unions. There's institutional lenders, private lenders. There's so many options out there. And when you're just calling and saying, give me a rate, give me a price, you know, how many clicks can I get for, for X amount? Exactly. It's like, yeah. how much does it cost? It's like, you're calling a professional. You don't go to your doctor, right? And you say, give me these pills. That's it. Like, give me these pills right now. And like, same. fix we my get shit. Those calls, you get those you're calls like, too. We get yeah. the same calls. How much is a door? Yeah. What door? Door, <laughs> like, door? Small where door, are double you? door, are single you? door. Yeah. Well, what are we talking Crazy. about? Fiberglass, steel, how do you, glass, How do you deal glass? with that? How do I deal with that? In your business. Because with the, with the thing, it's like, what kind of door you want? Like, explain somebody what kind of ring. I, you know what? Like, I, I take it as a challenge and I try to like open up the conversation further, right? So how do I deal with that is I ask questions. It's like, did you purchase a place? Are you currently living in a place? Do you have a mortgage? You know, what's your plan? What What's your goal? And if they start answering those questions, then I understand they're a little bit more receptive to speaking to an actual professional instead of just getting the rate. They'll say, listen, I don't want to answer any questions. Just give me a rate. And, I, and I'll still push back and I'll say, What's the point of me giving you a rate? I don't even know what, what we're talking about here. <laughs> Rates are anywhere from 2% to 10%. Like, here's your range. Like, what, do, what do you want from me? Oh, so you're saying you're going to give me 10%? No, that's not what I said. But I'm saying I have no idea what your situation is, is, is about. How, how can I quote you anything? I don't know who you are. I don't know what you do for a living. I don't know what your credit score is. I don't know like if this is your first home or your 20th home. You're buying it yourself or with, with, with yeah, a spouse. Of course, yeah. So I, I welcome the opportunity and I welcome the challenge of somebody, um, I guess, questioning me right, and, and expecting answers right away. But I also set expectations for the client. I say, look, it's not fair for me to give you a rate. It's, uh, and it's not fair to, for, to you to just hear a random rate on the phone. We can go through like a short process, 10, 15 minutes, if you want to divulge some time. And if you don't, then we're probably not the company for you to work with, you know, and you can continue shopping around just like that. Because I want to save, I want to save their time. Their time's time is important, but most importantly, I want to save my time. Kind of like what you said, D, right? Because uh, you go in there like 10, 15 minutes. It's about efficiency. You're not trying to get out of there, but you're trying to understand like who's in front of you. What, what What's the goal? Want? What, are the, what can, is can the goal? I, am I even the right person for them? Correct. Right? I Correct. can tell a client, look, with all due respect, your current bank is probably the best bank for you. So there's no point of us continuing this conversation. And here's point one, two, three, four, and five, why your bank is probably the best choice for you right now. And like you said, like give them that value. They're going to be like, wow, like this guy's honest. You know what? Maybe I'll give him as a referral to, to my next door neighbor or my, or my sister-in-law or 
or whoever or call them back in like the next three months. But th- I think it brings me back like this is why I started working with you back back when when like you, you did a couple yeah. of mortgages yeah. for me because I told you that I had a negative experience where they promise you the rate, they promise you X amount of money down and then you know you have like two three weeks before the closing you've given them like a million you know papers that they required and then like you know what it's not working out you're screwed this is the best rate we can do and it's like a percent or half a percent higher that's it that's all or my favorites put more money down three weeks before you know and it's just like <laughs> and at that favorite. point you're, you're just like holy sheep shit like yeah. you know you, you get so frustrated um, and, and that's what we started working with you i'm like if it's bad tell me what it is now i'd like to know because the switch I feel like a lot of uh, you know people in your in your profession yeah. they do that because they know they can because there, there's a date at which point they need to close. There's a time crunch. You don't have any other choice. It's you do this or or you're screwed. I mean, yeah, it, it, it they, they, you tell the client, listen, I could tell you this rate right now, but I'd be lying to you because I could do the switch last minute. And I think uh, same thing with you, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, these doors are cheaper than mine, right? But this is where I could be value and Correct. yeah, you're going to spend $500 more maybe, you know, but at the end of the day, and it's, and up, even that ahead. client that calls you rate shopping, yeah. he might call another 10 companies and you're the one that stands out. They'll ask the same question. Yeah. They will call and say, what's the rate next bank? What's the rate next lender? What's the rate, rate, rate. And they'd be like, but you guys, what, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> well, nobody's but, telling me but, nothing. But do you and might... be like Leon at Turkey mortgage just stood out. He'd explain me a little bit, 15, 10 minutes, what's yeah. going on. I'll call him back and we'll take it further. So they could exactly. be weak. But do you think, you, like you're assuming right now, that they're logical and they go through the same process? <laughs> I'm not saying everybody's logical. No, what I mean I'm is... I'm saying, but there is a chance that they common will sense, call back. Common sense, right? Like they call 10 people, 10 yep. people try to shuffle them and you try to provide value. And I Correct. get it. And we all love those clients. They're like, you know what? Yeah, Leon, you make sense. They see the value. Yeah, but... But that's the only consistency that we really have control of, right? I, I don't have control of all the rates. You don't have control of like all the costs and neither do you. And there's always somebody cheaper. But, but what, if, what, what if you get like a client who doesn't like, you know, they need to be. I, I find almost like that's a challenge I struggle with is that um, you get a client and they're just like on a different energy level as you are. Okay. It's kind of like, where's the rate or how much is going to cost? What's the package? And we do everything in our power to slow them down and be like, okay, listen, A, I don't have contracts. B, and I, I say it how it is, guys that give you packages, what, what do you, what do you, what's your package for? X right. amount of keywords. And look, what's the end goal here, right? For you to get financing or for your phone to ring, right? Yeah. Yeah. Make sure that the work is done. We all try to like bring them to the same bring level of understanding. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's essentially the reality, yeah. Well, but it's fair enough because I'm a, cust- I'm a customer, I'm a client myself of multiple businesses. I have no idea what my mechanic's doing or what he's charging me for or what he's quoting. But I like for them to educate me. It's like, Leon, your light went on because of this, this, and that. Maybe you're driving the wrong way. Maybe your car's, you know, fucking up on you. (laughs) But, like, this is the problem, and here's the solution we can present. True. I'd appreciate that more than me just calling and saying, hey, how much is it going to cost to fix this? My mechanic's going to have the same answer to me. He's like, Leon, I have no idea what's wrong with your car. You're calling me on the phone. I don't even know what car you drive. (laughs) I think think we all come to the same understanding that that at the end of the day, you can't please all the customers. You can't. And you have to kind of... You're not going to win them all. Like, that's for sure. But it's, I think, sorry to interrupt you, but I think it's important to stay consistent with the mentality of like, come in with energy, coming with... Uh, get, providing value, providing them with knowledge. It's professionalism in there, right? Exactly. Just trying to be professional with your own business, with your own. I, I self. really That's think that that works best long term. Like we're not in it to you know to grab a nut right now and like exit the business in like a month or or a year. 
think everybody's in it for long term to keep expanding, keep building the business, and keep providing more value, and like, essentially take a bigger. Like when you share do get a phone call, yeah. Within the first thirty seconds, you have a gauge or understanding. You could be wrong, hundred percent could be wrong, but you do have a small understanding whether. And where is this, this is going, going somewhere yeah. or it's yeah. not going somewhere. We all have those phone calls. We all know if they are or they're not. You can right away know how much is the rate. Yeah. Two percent. Okay, thank you. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what was that? You didn't even get a word in. Right. You can't. It hung up on you. They can't change that. Right. But if it went a little bit further, you still know that, that the chances are, again, you can leave the good taste in their mouth. You can try as best as you can to get them to call you back if that's the case. I find in both your industries, it's a lot more challenging to make them because see like I work with them on a regular basis continually and and as we work together there's more and more moving pieces they get to know members yeah. of their team they get to know members of our team and with you guys like you know to build that value on the initial phone call when they're price shopping yeah and uh, it comes back to the basics right you pick up the phone you sound reasonable you get them the information and obviously you have you you bring you try to make them feel valuable feel. I, I know what you want to say you pick up the phone i, I know what you wanted to say so it's not reasonable but anyways um yeah so we talked about how we source I have no card. idea what he's talking about <laughs> no of course you don't uh, unfortunately for you i know you on a very personal level and i know you're quite an eccentric fellow um so we talked about a couple interesting things right like how to source clients how to how to maintain those relationships um different customer profiles, how we deal with them. Talk to me about like how you deal with rejection, right? Because you've got a client, you've invested some time into them, you want to close the deal, and they're telling you, you know what, go fuck yourself. But in a, in a much nicer way, you know what, you, you're not the company for me, I don't want to work with you, I like somebody else more. So it's going to sound super cliche, but you always want to get the feedback of why. You use it as a lesson. That's, That's what you great. want to do. That's so pretty good. Rejection is rejection. It's part of business. You're not going to get them all closed. You're not going to get them all done. You're not going to get every business. But you try to understand why that company was. Was it a better warranty? Was it you kind of just flew by, didn't explain anything, didn't give them the option? Or maybe your product doesn't actually fit their needs. Maybe you don't have a certain high door that they're looking for, a specific style that you can accommodate. So I think you have to try to use every single rejection as a lesson and improve on it. Now, it's a lot easier to be said than done because rejection is tough. Everybody deals with rejection differently. It's very <laughs> tough. So you got to try to take a lesson and try to implement to the next project, into the next rejection and be like, okay, last time I got rejected by this. How can I improve and make you them understand this rejection? So if it was me blabbing through nothing and they got no value out of my appointment, okay, next time, what can I do? Should I just bring samples? If this is going to be this, this is going to be that, this is how it's going to look, this is going to be done. So you try to take rejection and make it a lesson. I know it's cliche, but it's harder to do than it is to say, of course. But I think you want to keep it as a as a lesson and try to learn from that lesson. Now, some rejection will be just, you no. know, you, just no reason. You have no idea right. why. They're not going to give you feedback. So you kind of, in your own head, you also have those moments where you deal with clients. You realized this is where my appointment went wrong. Something you said, something you did. Like you went back to it and you... Went through the whole appointment in your head, and you're like, I shouldn't have said that because that just derailed the whole conversation and went to nothing. That's gold. So you gotta, so it, good. it's tough, but you gotta, you gotta learn from the rejection. I think that's the biggest piece to of the puzzle. Analyze why it happened. Why it after happened. like 90% of people don't do it. You gotta pull yourself out of the situation and be like, 
uh huh, you know, and I said this, and then and maybe why. Sometimes I know I'm like, if I just didn't say those sentences or one sentence, one word, and I'd be like, that would be in the bag. But that's what happened. You learn from it. And sometimes you get excited, you blab and you blab and you blab, which is also a and thing. And then you say the wrong thing. And then thing, you say the wrong thing. It's yeah. politically correct. I like you said something yeah, crazy. Self-realization. Swearing is just somewhere I, derailed something and the vibe of the conversation or the flow didn't go so well. Yeah, yeah. So that's, you kill the whole vibe of the conversation. I leave it on a positive note all the time because even if they don't give you feedback, right, it's like, no, well, I prefer not to say, you know, and, and I, I mean, I have this thing, like if you exude positivity all the time. Right. Yeah, we'd love to work with you. You know, I hope this works out. But yeah. if anything, you need a piece of advice or a second opinion free of charge. It was a pleasure to get to know you and, and you know, know about your business, blah, blah, blah. Then believe it or not, people are impressed that you're not just like bitter about it, you know, and that you actually make the effort. Right. In, in my business. Right. You could uh, meet them later on in a couple of years. And it happens like I I work with professionals who I've like met. They were the marketing people of companies. We're still in touch. We do coffees. You know, and then like four years later, they bring value to you, to me, or I bring value to them. We kind of yeah. help each other out. Everybody is a potential connection and a client. And I feel like, you know, even if it's, uh, again, it's more, I guess, maybe applicable if I'm, you know, in a particular niche, B2B, but even like in a regular business, be like, you know, ma'am, if there's anything else, we do this, this, and this. Or if you know anybody else who needs like windows or mortgages, I'm here to help. As long as they have that, oh, you know, he didn't get the business, but what a nice guy. Next time he took, he took it on the chin. He took he took it like a champ, and uh, he moved oh, on. And he offered boxing references again. You know, I, I, I love I love fighting. <laughs> yeah, I love boxing. I love UFC, and I follow a lot of the fighters. And some fighters win, and some fighters lose, and nobody stays undefeated, right? And it, it's exactly what you said. And like even Conor McGregor's got the book, you know, win or learn. That's it, that's what it comes down to. And you also learn because we're all owners of businesses. We also learn from ourselves, guys. People will call me and complain about a certain yeah. thing a sales rep did, and you sit them down, try to educate them, and you take their rejection, your rejection, have a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly meeting. I like that. Of I like that. What happened? Why rejected? Make it a teachable moment for everybody. So you could take one example of one sales rep saying something bad or didn't get a deal because of AV, bring it to the whole team, so the whole team learns from that rejection. It's not like a haha moment. You got rejected. You didn't close a deal or whatever. It's more of an educational approach to your your sales reps, your team would want to know and learn from those mistakes because everybody has different mistakes. Yeah, that because they make. because you can share uh, common experiences and you can learn. So like you know, everybody learns from their own mistakes. But I think as adults, like we try to learn off of other people's mistakes. And, and being in, being in sales for so long, you also like there was always a sales guy you looked up to as well, right? Like coming into the totally. game, coming into sales, you always yeah. be like, this guy has astronomical numbers. Totally. So don't be scared to approach and be like, listen, your business is booming. You're always killing it monthly, monthly. Like, have that have that conversation. Ask. And people that are there, they will be more than want to share. You're not a competition. Canada's big. It's not as big as the U.S. market, but it's a big market. There's plenty of business for everybody that's in the business. So they will totally. gladly coach you and share with you and totally learn some lessons from them for sure. I find emotionally to keep the team positive, even with the rejection, because sometimes you get like, you know, your, your, your team gets cold and then you come back to the office or, you know, did that guy go ahead with us, for example, you know, yeah. maybe yeah, yeah. In, in your business. Yeah. And, and uh, I feel like, like you as a business owner, you could be like, you know, I have no emotions, right? We'll learn from this. You can, you can take yourself from the situation and have positive outcomes, but to pass that positivity, onto your team because like I, I feel like if you don't if you don't make these meetings as you said and you don't yeah. have this like who 
Kuya camaraderie after. Yeah, yeah. It, it, because think about it. They, they're looking at you and they're like, oh, we didn't close this one. We lost this one. Then yeah. you got to be like, no, 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 no. Everything is going. We're, we're moving forward. This client, it's we part might. Of the process. We weren't maybe necessarily a fit. Yeah. Sustained, consistent effort. Just like, you know, yeah. athletes training. Great key terms. 100%. We're going to coin them. Sustained, consistent, consistent efforts. efforts. There you go. Sustained consistent efforts. That's the name of this podcast right here. Please, my name. So I, I had a situation one time where I said it called me, and he's like, "Hey, you got you got a couple of hours." And I'm like, "Hours?" I'm like, "What are we doing with hours?" I'm on the phone. He's like, "I'm at a customer's house right now. It's a big job." He's like, "I know they're ready, but I can't I can't get them there." Can you come? He can't close. Can this he, was he, one of he your sales reps. Close. He can't. He, I know he's closable. Did you tell him ABC? I told him ABC. <laughs> and he's like, I'm like, so, so I flew to Missaga. We sat down. We discussed everything. We closed. Cause so yeah. you, you got a couple hours to get here and to try to close this client? Is that what he no, was No, I got there 30 minutes. I see. To I see but I see. just, he knows like my owner's coming or whatever he put it. He's going to come. We're going to sit there. We're he called discuss. the heavy guns. And but <laughs> heavy that artillery. also takes courage. You got to educate your team too that it's okay if you can't. But if it's doable, ask for assistance. Like True. We, we coach that way too, right? Like we have young guys on a team that they can't get away with certain language when it comes to $40,000. Like there are 22 young, 22, 23-year-old reps. When you come to big amounts of money, it's hard for a person they, they to, get let, anxious to, to for let sure. it go, to let for it go sure. to a 22-year-old kid. So they know that this guy is on the market, but he can't be like, sign right here, let's go. Like he can't like say certain expressions that are cliche, but that needs to be get done. Confident, because they'll be like, this kid is like so aggressive. He's telling me to close this right now. Like, so it's 50 grand. So they... Do yeah. get assistance, and you should provide that assistance. Make it a teachable moment as well. Be like, it's okay if you can't close. Even if you know you can't close, come back to the office. Don't call me on the spot. You don't have to. But be like, listen, I'll talk to my boss. I'll talk to whoever, my coworker. I'll see the best price I can give you. Yeah. Leave it at that. Go home. Go to our office. Call us. Talk to us. Speak with us. Be like, listen, it is closable. I had to give them a price. How should I approach this? They had this hurdle, this hurdle, and this hurdle. What can we do to actually close this client? Yeah. So it's always a teachable moment. Rejection is not a big deal. It sucks when you're starting out. It's very demoralizing. It's very tough to get over. It yeah. sucks. It does suck. Sometimes to have reps that go three appointments to Missaga, wasted six hours, didn't close a thing. And then you got to go home and refresh. <laughs> it's the same thing. tomorrow's a new day. Or you didn't close two. You go to two appointments. You have three appointments on a day. You went to one, two. For one reason, you didn't close or they weren't in the market. It wasn't serious. It was whatever you didn't close. You still got a third one. So you got to kind of swallow that rejection. See why you swallowed it and go to a third one because if you're going to go that attitude of this day's a write-off, the third one's automatically a write-off because your energy, you checked out. You checked out after two. Let me ask you something else then. Like the, the rejection, the bouncing back, learning from a mistake, you know, asking for assistance, the positivity. Sham, I mean, yeah, great lessons. I'm actually writing those down because, you know, I got a team meeting on June 7th and I'm going to bring <laughs> this up to, to, my, uh, to my staff. But Here's an interesting one. Like, when do you cut losses? When do you cut a client? Do you ever like because you're you're not going to want to take everybody. And again, same question. But now you've invested your time, you've inv invested your money, and now you come to a realization of like, I gotta cut this client because this is going nowhere. So I think it's very sales person, sales rep dependent. So I have sales guys that people email me like, can you please? Ask this guy to stop emailing me. I don't want to buy from him. <laughs> That's how extreme he goes to it. It's not a good thing, but he takes it so far that as people call him, be like, listen, great. Oh, this great. is the sales rep. Yeah. Sales You're rep. getting emails from the client saying. Be like, please, like, th this is it. Like, yeah, enough like, is enough. Like, we, we don't, we're done. Like, please, enough. 
because that's their job. They're subject to sales. That's their personality. That's what they do. So there is no cutting loss. Like eventually you will get annoyed. Don't be that guy that gets called and be like, <laughs> don't be that guy. That's too, too far. You went too far. It's not every day, but like sometimes you get those calls. But cutting losses, you shouldn't give up until it's confirmed it's, it's done. Okay. But don't be super annoying. Should I email once a week? Be like, hey, you're still on the market for the doors? Like follow up, do that. Respectful. If you get respectful. Yeah. Don't be pushy. Don't be aggressive. But Got it. if you get one email three days later or a week or whatever your timeline is for your own personal self yeah. is, you don't hear nothing, assume it's, it's you right. Find, you find, like, I don't know how it works in your business, but... In the beginning, absolutely agree with you, right? You, you 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 try to follow up, you didn't get the business, they stop responding to you. You know, you follow up three four times, you put them in the CRM, you can you know do an email blast. With them so email blast is a great idea. Email blast is newsletters, discounts, whatever, everything. I take it even further. We have a person in the company who would like, uh, you know, follow up with these people and, and, and add them to our social network. Guys, I don't care about the follow ups. I want to know how and when you cut a client. Ex- like, I was going to say I'll, I'll existing client, existing client. I, I was, do you, is that do what you're you cut asking? existing clients? I have in the past and I've tried recently some a client who's been like with me for six years and he stopped during COVID, came back, you know, had a difficult situation yeah. financially and he was just like all of a sudden like very neurotic and like lots of attitude, lots of like and like we're friends. You know okay. what I mean? I, I loved him to death and it was just like too much. So and I said, you punched him in the face. And no, <laughs> no. Like a, a respectful, like we were friends and, and I love the guy to death, many talents, but just like he's, he became at one point toxic. And I said to him, you know, like, how so, like how, what, what was he doing? Like not being reasonable, like? not understanding, like explicitly like yelling on the phone because he's under so much pressure. Like he was going like, you know, he might be in a courtroom and then there's this happening. He's like, why do I have to deal with this? I hired you. And I'm like, well, you know, I can only, I'm the quarterback, you know, yeah. but, but there is the world, there's the sun, there's gravity, like there's other rules. <laughs> and and it came to a point where, where the amount, you know, like, and it's not about the money, you right. know, it's, but just the time exerted on him. And I always say to myself, it's my job to take that. So if there's any like abuse or negativity, it comes in waves. We all yeah, have these well, days. Of course, of course. I'm, I'm, I'm getting paid to do this. But so how did you cut him? But when it, when it moves to my, 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 my staff. Yeah. When they're, you know, projecting that negativity to my staff, for me, because now it's becoming toxic to the organization. Toxic environment, yeah. And I see. in his case, I tried to cut him, and I, I said to him, "This is the reason why." I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, you could yell at me all you want, you know what I mean? But I'm here for is. you. But this is what but, it is. But, yeah. but you can't do that with this because you're becoming like, you know, everybody's upset and and it's like we work with you. the company. Exactly. And and with him, we 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 amended and we're working together to this day. And you know, he said that you know my bad, and we have a working relationship. But I have cut a client in the past where they were looking down to the staff, and maybe you know this is in your business. Like you're the owner coming in, they're all of a sudden different. When it's your sales guy or it's your girl on the phone or a guy on the phone, some people are like they're, they're talking down to them. 100%. And for me, like especially 100%. in Canada, especially like it's hard to find good people you work with. Yeah. I want to I want to come to work and I want to be happy. I want to be happy for the people I work with. I want them to grow to learn. For me, that Zen. I mean, it's like we do this. A like positive work 10, environment. 10, that's 10, what you're, that's 10 hours a day. For. 10 to 12 hours 10 to 12 hours a day. From, so from morning to night, yeah. their well-being is more important to me than money, yeah. and 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 I'm trying to. I, I have in the past, and it was not a bad client at all, you know. But it was always like talking down to them, and I just said, look, I don't think we're a great fit. I'd love to work with you personally. I understand that sometimes you give us a bit more grief, and I'm ready for it. 
However, you know, uh, I forget what I said, but but something along the lines that yeah. like I don't think this is working out. I can't sustain this because you know, for the better good of the company, totally have to let you go. And that that's my kind of golden rule. Totally. So you know, I, I took it a step further because obviously I, I've got referral sources, right? Like um, again, random individuals, financial advisors, realtors, and whatnot. And I try to set people's expectations to make them realistic, right? There's a lot. Uh, there's a lot that we can do for our clients in terms of getting them the best product on the market, walking them through things. But then there's, you know, fictitious uh, ideas that people come up with that they've heard somebody somewhere do, right? Really anecdotal stuff without any backing to it. Oh, this broker got this deal done for my friend. Why can't you do the same? Right? And I understand. And again, it's so you ch- cut them off there. That's the cutoff no, point. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, no, no. So that's obviously that's a challenge and it's it's objective. It's an objective, uh, not an objective. What is it? Uh, it's a challenge that I have, have to overcome essentially. But I've I've cut a realtor. Um, he was calling at all times of the day. And I'm talking about like 12 o'clock at night, 7 o'clock in the morning. He's calling like 10, 12 times a day. Co- uh, like, you know, riddled with text messages, riddled with emails. So I'm setting the expectation to this individual and saying, look, these are my working hours. If you have any emergencies, you can contact me. I will get to it as quickly as I can. That didn't deter him whatsoever. He continued on. <laughs> on top of that, he was saying, look, Leon, if he inquiring was giving, about his, sorry, inquiring about his client, inquiring about, the deal? about his client, inquiring about, you know, inquiring about his client. Can he you wants get to this? get paid? <laughs> and, and God bless him for that. I understand he wants to get paid. And I want him to get paid. Was, that's, any, was that a new realtor though? That's a, no, it was actually like a realtor that I've worked with. But his experience, like long time in the like business? four or five years. But he's long time in the business, so he's semi-new he years. Yeah, years. but he does it kind of like part-time and stuff like that, whatever, right? And I'm, I'm dealing with all these objections. And finally, like it, there was a cutoff. I, I don't remember what triggered it. But he was just encroaching, encroaching constantly, like on that, on that on limit, the edge. on the edge. And I keep kind of like setting boundaries. I'm saying, look, this is the line. Do your best not to cross this line. Like, let's keep it professional, right? We, we don't have to come to fisticuffs or, you know, get angry with each other. But I'm going to do the best I can for you and for your clients. Again, man, he just kept going. Is it sorry? Is it because like the, the timeline was coming up and you got no answer from the bank, or is it because he was demanding a better rate? Like I'm just trying to understand the context. Uh, the context was why was he right? So like he called with with like a deadline of like 24 hours, and I said, okay, look, I'll meet that deadline. You have to provide X, Y, and Z, and they obviously and didn't. I will get it done. So instead of going and getting that getting to XYZ. me, he would call me in an hour, say, hey, did you get it done? Like, did did we not speak an hour ago? Get get what done? Did, did I not outlay like outlay the exact parameters of what I needed to I proceed with? He's like, oh yeah, you did, but uh, we can't get that. I'm like, listen, I understand. Here's another solution. Maybe you can get an extension. Maybe instead of X Y Z, you get me A B and C. Calls back in an hour. Where are we? I'm like, what do you mean? Where are we? We just spoke about this twice today within the last two hours. What else would you like? What's his response? Because like sometimes it baffles my mind that like people are unreasonable. You're Maybe like, his customer on his end is calling him every hour and asking oh, the absolutely. same question. So there's could be there could be a lot Fair going enough. on too, right? But at that point, I'm like, listen, let me just talk to the client directly and explain the how the process works and what I need. No, 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 no. You talk to me, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out. 
Right, but you're not figuring it out. <laughs> like clearly, you're the deterrent in this whole equation. Was he like that before? Like the deals that you he were. He was. He was. But you know, it was a lot of um, putting up with it. And listen, business is business. Sometimes it's easy, and sometimes it's harder. So like, I'm fine. I can put up with it. But, but do you find that mostly newer realtors do that because they're excited about their dealer? If one the first deal, they second deal, it, they're yeah. excited. They're so gone home. I, like, I, 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 I love newer realtors. I love newer realtors because they're moldable, right? And you can instill expectations, instill the proper knowledge in them, set expectations, so they know how professionals work in the industry, right? It, I find it more with like experienced realtors who have been doing it for 20 years. They're like, oh well, I worked with a mortgage broker uh, last last month who did this. My my question is, why aren't you there with right all due respect, yeah, yeah, why aren't you continuously working with that mortgage broker? Why are you looking for new sources and new avenues? Oh, I didn't like this, I didn't like that. And to me, it's, you know, I, I pose that question. I remember in my mind, okay, this is what they didn't like. I'm going to try to appease them by doing this. But at the same time, I'm going to set my boundaries and my expectations of what's possible, what's not. And I'm going to try to pick up where your previous mortgage broker left off. Right. And if we click, we click. And if we don't, we don't. But if they come back with, you know, unrealistic expectations, expectations, that's when I said to that realtor, listen, with all due respect, please don't ever call me again. I don't want to deal with you or your clients. I really appreciate the time we had. But moving forward, I'm clearly not the professional for you. Let's cut ties. Move on amicably. What was what was the response? He was shocked. He didn't he didn't (laughs) believe me. He called me the next day and I didn't pick up the phone on him. And I told him, like, I, I'm not going to be picking up the phone on you. I did give him an, an out, and I said, look, if you want to continue working with me, here's an individual that's under my umbrella, that's on my team. They're willing to put up with you. <laughs> not, not in those kind of words, but they have the time and the energy to deal with this, with what you're bringing. If but you then like, aren't you, you just wasting resources at that point? No, but no, but I'll tell my agent. Look, I'll tell my agent. But she's nine to five, no cell phone or nothing, right? So she doesn't have that uh, 24 hour. I'll, I'll tell my, my agent. Look, especially a younger agent. Like, look, here's a great referral source, right? This is going to take up a lot of your time. You're gonna have to work for that paycheck, right? I'm gonna make a lot less, but I'm also going to offload a massive. Like or stress. Not a headache, but yeah, like energy and time off of my plate to go and focus on other things. Because at the end of the day, it's uh it is how much time we put in versus how much we extract out of it. And as the company grows, like man, I've got like close to like twenty twenty people working for I got the a company. horror story for you. So horror story? Well <laughs> extreme example of extreme example of Give this. it to me. So <laughs> I find that with strong alpha personality types and you have to sometimes Put them in their come place. to some sort of a, a conflict, yeah. with, with especially with males, where you have this like, well, because there's obviously something in their mind that you did wrong or you're not meeting their expectations. That's why they're like, you know, or maybe they have a, a misconstrued like, you know, understanding of how the industry works and they're oblivious to it by, to, by, by, by the, what you were just telling us that, you know, that, that person is kind of oblivious of what, that he wasn't meeting your expectation. But I did have a couple of clients where you would, uh, you know, they wouldn't be happy, you wouldn't be happy, and that, you know, you would clash. They wouldn't understand why. You would explain it to them, and they would just kind of, like, default to the aggressive reaction. Right. But then once you both kind of, like, lash out, and you're like, you know what, X, Y, Z, I don't want to work with you either. You've been nothing but this and that. You know, no disrespect, go somewhere else. When that headbutting happens. After, you kind of... 
one or both of you realize like what both happened. Of you, both of you realize, and, and then you and, try to and, mold it back together. And you and you're that just happens. like the best, and you're just like the best of friends. Everything is above respect. They know not to push your boundaries because you know that you'll tell them that you won't work with them. Right. And vice versa. You you know that you have to maybe show love, care, and attention to that client a bit more because it's it's almost like you have history. It's like yeah. you know when you're young, you know what I mean. You have your buddy, like yeah. you guys fight, punch each other in the face, then you're best friends forever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and those are some strong relationships. I get not, case I'm, in point. I'm not I'm not wishing for that to anyone, but that's saying it has to be know. done sometimes. Yeah. Last point uh, before we wrap it up. Talk to me about like healthy competition, right? We all know that competition exists out there. You got competition, so do you, so do I. There's thousands of of companies out there that do what we do, and you know we try to take a bigger piece of the pie. Talk to me about healthy competition, like. Working with friends and family, because like we're boys, we work in different industries, but we still compete against each other. And I find that to be fun. I'm not gonna lie. Like I box with you, we get in the ring, we have to punch each other in the head <laughs> and make each other bleed. But in reality, I love you, right? And like I, I love you as a human being, I love you as a friend, and like I don't want any harm to come to you. Same thing with you. We play basketball, like we go hard. We talk a lot of shit to each other. It has to be done. Elbows in the head. <laughs> eye, pokes, eye pokes. Eye pokes. <laughs> but, right, we're competing, but in in the moment, but off the court, you know, we hug, we spend time with our fa- like with each other's families, and, like, we, we wish nothing about competing within the same industry, within your industry, or competing against, what are we talking about? Whatever you have in your mind. So, like, like, like me, com- I, like I like competing like, with other window companies, or like competition between myself. Like, what, what are we talking about exactly? Um, it's a bit of both. Yeah, like, no, I, I don't want competing against like other window companies. I want like healthy competition. So like, you have some friends and family in this industry, and and so do you, like in yeah. in your respective industry, right? And, and so do I, right? I've got friends that that are in the industry, um, and I have to compete against them. Like, for example. Um, some of my good friends are, are mortgage agents and mortgage brokers, right? So we know we know of each other, but we don't try to steal each other's business. Like when my clients call me and they're like, "Oh, I'm working with a mortgage broker. I don't like them, right? Um, I'm I'm looking to switch to somebody else." My question is to them: It's like, "Oh, uh, listen, I, I definitely appreciate the opportunity. Who's your mortgage broker? Just out of curiosity, right?" And they'll say it. Right. And, and it's a, a mutual friend of ours. And I'll be like, oh, well, that's interesting, you know, and I'll make a mental note of that. I'll be like, yeah, I, I know this individual. I don't have anything good or bad to say about them. But the next call I'm going to make is, is to that guy. Of course. Because A, I respect him and B, like, I know he's a professional. And I'm going to tell him, hey, but do you know that your client's shopping around? Uh, and B, like, what's going on? Like, are you, are you planning to retain them? I don't want to steal food off your table. If it's somebody I don't know, it's like off the bat, I'm going to try to take yeah, the business. Course. So that's like healthy competition. That's what I'm talking about. And again, amongst each other, like we work together, but at the same time, we're, we're setting the bar higher for one another so that we can see, okay, you know what? Shamil's doing this. Maybe I can implement that and, and ask Shamil, like, what's he you? doing that, that that works for him? How's he treating his employees? I think it's easier when you're in, like the three of us don't compete with each other. So, it, you know, and, and I think it's easier because just like you said, like I learned from you, I incorporate some ideas and, and, and uh, like vice versa with you, Dima. Like, yeah. you know, it's kind of like 
if you had three brothers and they're all doing their thing, you know, yeah. you'd want to kind of you obviously it's a source of information. Of course. So there's no there's no like wouldn't, yeah. unhealthy anything. And and the way I look at it is, you know, tell me who, who you know who your friends are, I'll tell you who you are, type of thing. So if your friends succeed and they're rocking it, like if you're associating with them, you know, you're gonna you're gonna pull yourself up to that to level. Get, to get to that level, right? And and uh, so you embrace you so embrace out of that. competition, there's only like I look at only one way. Either you, your friends are will share their knowledge, what they're doing, how they're doing it to help you, right. and you help them vice versa. I think competition gets unhealthy when you internally start to compete with that person, without that person you're competing knowing, with. Knowing, knowing. So that's where it becomes because you spend a lot of your mental energy, a lot of your time being like, well, what is he doing? How's he doing that? And this and this and this, and it's kind of, I guess, eating you up alive. It's like that's why what I was gonna he... say. But if he's so, but if you're sharing information and it's you tell the competition, it's it's beneficial for everybody. There's Absolutely. so much business out there that there's no point of you trying to compete internally against but, somebody. But I find that, that if you're in the same industry, if you're in the same industry, don't you find that like a lot more of the hush hush happening? Like you're not sharing it. Like I have not no secrets from you. Like we share ideas yeah, all but the time. But same industry, you're gonna look, you're gonna poke around. What what I mean yeah. is that if I was even the mortgages and then Leon was in the mortgages, like it'd be a lot more. Uh, Positive. But, it would require a lot more effort and positive charisma and characteristics from both of us to keep the relationship I don't think, amicable. I don't think so. I really Amic- don't think amicable so. Because unless you, you unless know. you crack the code to business, like crack the code and you have something that you're doing that yeah, nobody like else did before. The and, and, if yeah. you did something that nobody else is doing and you're like, this is how I'm gonna take over the whole industry. Well, you, that's you. That's but big. That's big. But if you didn't, I find it like. He does this, you do this, you. He does this, you do this. It's most maybe the same you have, thing. Maybe you have, maybe you have something that, like, you know, sometimes it's like you used to, to crack the industry. Something. I mean, all three of our industries have been around forever. Correct. What I'm saying is sometimes there's little things that you do, and they don't, they don't seem major, but you've implemented them successfully, and these are tips. And you, you know, you are tempted to not share them with your competition. You know what I mean? Hypothetically, because you found a way, like I see, whether I see, it's a supplier, it. whether it's the way you approach your sales, whether it's the new application you use because you found a competitor in the States uses it and, and you know your closing ratios go up and you have this new marketing tool that you came up and nobody in Toronto out of all the window companies is doing it. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's nothing it's nothing that you invented, but it's like a combination of two, three factors. But is that your friend? Or is it just that? No, no, I'm a, saying let's say you do it and then you have say, another. Like say, is Leon in the business, window business as well? What, what I'm saying is it, it requires more. It requires more. Like let's say you you, ha- you figured out these two, three things that made you a step above and window, yeah. and Leon is also in, in the window business. And we're friends though. And you're friends okay. though. So I'm saying like it takes a lot more. Uh, grit is not the word for it. Uh, I don't know. Like it'll, it'll be mental prowess, I guess. Right? To do kind of like do you share the information with him? Or if he asks you, would you tell him? Right? I'm saying I, I see it all the time where people in the same business, you know, and they, they kind of. Uh, I think it's a relationship based thing. I think it's relationship how you and the other owner, uh, what terms you're on, to be honest. I think just, like, it depends on that. If no, Leon, well, we're, we're talking if about Leon, friends, right? We're talking about like close friends. Like good, we're talking about good we're, friends. We're talking about good, a good relationship. And you guys have had a lot of positive interactions together. And I think to your point, Shamil, I think kind of I know where you're going, which is. You would rather be solo and not bring that business into, uh, or it, like share it. No, what, what I'm saying is, is that I've seen it. Like, like if we're in a different industry, I have nothing. You know, I wish you all yeah, the best. Right, right, yeah, right, right, yeah. Right. If 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 we are and we're sharing experiences, if we're in the same business, and I've 
I don't have this in like I don't have any bad blood bad blood or direct competitors there's guys that do digital marketing but they took a yeah. different twist to them based on like what they like what they prefer they don't like like I have friends that are great product that they do but they don't like the personal touch for me the personal touch is everything yeah that's that's my forte yeah. but I've seen it in other businesses in construction and renovation where there's like three four guys all own companies one is bigger than the others and the bigger one is showing nothing but love to everybody else and kind of like but the other ones are kind of you know I don't want to say stealing his ideas, but mimicking and copying his ideas, and they're all friends. What I'm saying is, it it, it it's a lot more difficult to be respectful, amicable, and exactly. Well, you have a friend in the industry. Sorry, Don Toro, but you have a friend in the industry who you guys are on, on a very friendly basis, and he's but essentially your direct things. competitor. But we do different things. So different niches. Yeah, kind of like you. Know, it, let's say it, you do it. commercial lending and you do residential, or you do more. Like, you know, you have a stronger referral network and you right. work your agents where somebody else does more digital. Got it. Right. You have different twists to the game. Got it. When it when it's identical, like let's say I'm just just hypothetically saying, I don't know, let's do roofing. You do roofing and, and you do roofing and we're all friends and we both have roofing companies. I feel like we're friends, but it's almost I, I've seen it. I've seen yeah. it amongst people where it's like you smile, you're on friendly terms, but you keep business business and you don't really disclose or share this in this research and this learning experience yeah. like right the exchange of ideas you know it's not happening or it's not happening equally in all directions where mm -hmm. you know like i'll tell you things because i love you but you'll be like you know i do better sales than you and you know what i mean you're so like i'll keep things kind of more secretive or you have to, to yeah. kind of try to get ahead i've seen it happen in, see, in, in other in other companies amongst other people and I think when you are an outsider, you're, you you could see it easier mm -hmm. yeah. because when you're in that relationship, you know, like it's hard to see because you're like, yeah, he's my friend. I'm helping him out. But you could see certain actions from the other person that is he's not as open to, to sharing their ideas. And I feel like that's a lot. It takes a lot more work to make that type of friendship work properly. That's all I'm saying. I see. I see. Yeah. I mean, just some closing thoughts on that. You know, some some cliches like. A high tide, I, I think that's the saying, a high tide raises all ships, right? So if I have friends in the same industry, I want to provide them with value so they get stronger and the whole industry kind of like evolves and gets stronger. I yeah. don't I don't think they're going to steal my clients. Exactly. I would hope not. And I would also be expecting that sort of reciprocal uh, attitude back towards me, right? So if I'm giving you nuggets, I want nuggets in return and I want help when I reach out. And if I'm not getting that, well, then... You know, th this shop is closed. I'm not going to be providing you with that with that knowledge. Agreed. And you got to establish that. Perhaps the best way to kind of avoid any conflict is to you know to establish show that, that off the bat. and establish that relationship. Yeah. yeah. You know, make sure that like yeah, I'm helping you out, but tomorrow when I call, you know, like you, you know, pick up the phone and and, and help me out. Yeah. And I, I I'm very lucky with you know the people that are around me, people I work with. Yeah. Some of them are clients, some of them are not clients, but they all are in, in some sort of business, and we, we help each other out. Yeah, like some information you can share, some sh information you wouldn't want to share just because you don't. Like Coke wouldn't give Pepsi secrets, their right. secret sauce. They're not gonna be like, you wanna know how to make Coca Cola? Here's the ingredients list. Yeah, go we, ahead. we go, use go water ahead, and Pepsi. sugar. Go ahead, Pepsi. Do your thing. Right. So certain things you're not gonna give out. Just your I secret see. formula to your own business. But that shouldn't also be expected to be given out. I this understand. is something that you worked on, right? Like helping. You can try helping and guiding somebody. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Try this avenue. Try that avenue. Try this avenue. But you're not gonna go out and tell them what your I mean. What I mean is sauce formula. That's let's say let's say you're a couple of steps above. Let's say you're a couple of steps like above, as in like you've been longer in the business, you have a bigger company, and all of a sudden 
you you know you have a friend who just starting out in the industry or just you know it's not yeah, as big yeah. of a company yeah. and you're open you're yeah. not afraid to lose or whatever you know yeah, you yeah. know you're doing well you want you wish him well and you you share the knowledge and perhaps you share you know certain tips with him which is arguably your secret you know sauce, sauce. because you, you, you it's your knowledge that you've learned over the industry and you know you're like you don't want him to make the same mistakes it is important that that other person understands what you did for him and has the same reciprocal for sure i think they'll understand that depends on relationships you can't control that but it depends yeah. but you have to stay like i i have to stay true to myself like whoever i am and and, and give those values back and if but, i get it and, in return and if I, I don't, grow, so, and if and we don't, then so I understand it. where we go. But like as business owners, we all pick myself. each other's brain all the time, right? All the time. But like, um, this is what type of my business. Have you came across this? Yeah. Have you done this? Have right. you struggled with this? How did you outcome? How did you get more of this, more of that? So it's it's always a conversation with direct competition. It's a tougher conversation to have because it is direct competition in the day. True. Case but in- the market is so big that like we're not Coke and Pepsi. Yeah, we're not Coke and Pepsi. We're not under Armour and Nike. We're not Adidas and Nike. Like we're shooting rockets we're sh- in space. Like we're not shooting rockets in space. So it's the end of the day as long as everybody's fed and you try to do the best you can for everybody, I guess. Case in point, like you know, uh, I appreciate you gentlemen coming out and taking time out of your day. I know how busy you are with families, with your businesses, and again, case in point to what we're doing here today. This is the first podcast I wanted to get in here. And chat with you guys right about our experiences that we have and like i'm so grateful that you divulged the time to do that out of your day dima i know you've got scheduling conflicts scheduling conflicts you've got two <laughs> kids you know god bless them I, I i can only imagine how tough that is and uh thank you gentlemen honestly i appreciate that and i appreciate you pleasure. you know pleasure um helping out and i hope we all learned something here today appreciate great conversation thank you <laughs> great conversation all right boys let's thank